0: You're listening to Dance Matters podcast series created for the Interchange Festival and commissioned by Delving Into Dance and Critical Path. In it, I speak to a variety of people who work with or are interested in dance. I begin each conversation asking them What are the first three words that come to their mind when they think about dance?
1: For me, dance is not so much about words. And already dance as a word, it's so big of a word.
0: From there, we freestyle into a plethora of themes that touch upon the relationship between dance and care for the environment. We speak about connection ...between dance and intuition. We dream about a world where everyone would dance. A world without judgment... ...and with a greater sense of community. We look at the connection between dance and uncertainty... ...and how dance could teach us... ...to embrace the natural flow of life. And amongst all this talk about movement... We also consider the importance of stillness and silence, both in dance and in life. In the episode you are about to listen, you will hear from Croatian dancer, author and performer Sonja Pregrad, for whom dance is the embrace of the constant flow and uncertainty of life. It is a practice of flowing with the state of change that teaches us how to be in the unknown, how not to grasp but to move, to dance. This podcast was recorded on the Gadigal land of Eora Nation, traditional custodians of the land on which we live, work and dance and we pay our respect to their elders, past, present and emerging. What three words come to your mind when you think about the dance?
1: Hmm. It's funny because my dog that is sitting in my lap is licking the computer as we speak. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And why I find this funny is that for me dance is not so much about words and already dance as a word is, uh, I don't know, it's so big of a word. so the reaction of my dog licking the computer touching something would definitely be the first thing that I I feel when I feel dance touching things around. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Do you mean touching space around you in some way or touching other bodies or how does touch relate to dance in your view?
1: i guess that's a very idiosyncratic thing like it comes very much like for me touch has always been one of the strongest sensations in dance and i guess also in life so i think it also comes very much from who i am but for example like my most formative dance classes in the dance academy were contact improvisation something of the fact that through the contact improvisation I would feel touching of the earth, I would feel my weight pouring, I would feel the borders of my body in contact with the ground, with other bodies, with objects, with the air, <laughs> would inform my dancing much more than like seeing the shape of another body and needing to reproduce it. So I know for myself that I've always been much more tactile than visual dancer. From that, there's this notion that. We are always constantly touching everything. Also, our body is a collection of touches because there are different structures laying upon touching, interacting with each other. And then the third thing is that I find something very exciting about the mechanics or politics of touch where like we always touch and are being touched. So there's always a mutuality It's a gesture which is always active and passive or receptive. It's an interaction. It's a basic interaction which is there by the fact of the existence. And I think that's something that is fundamental of how I experience life and then also dance
0: movement. The fact that you say it's the way how you experience life through this kind of contemplation around touch, how we are touched and we touch. And I'm wondering if it's something that you would be as conscious of if you hadn't had a training in dance? It's a good question.
1: I guess in some way, um, I don't know if this is too anecdotal, but when my father was very sick, shortly before he died, he was laying in bed, and he told me, you know, I could still peel a potato with my eyes closed perfectly Mm. and my father has always been like very sensitive to touch and in the way he was touching and I think that's something genetic that like I have inherited (laughs) (laughs) but I wouldn't have been so aware of it hadn't I done dancing and dance training since I was a child and if it wasn't my daily practice and something I have been like Looking into both practically, like by doing it, and also thinking about it, understanding how it works and what it means politically or poetically and how work can be done around it, writing applications around it. I think for sure, like that makes me more aware of it. For me, that's really like one of the fundamental things of why I do dance, because dance is the space to become aware of that to practice that and to practice the many aspects of what it brings like the empathy the connection the unknown the listening and receiving the giving being confirmed by and being able to be in the unknown to go towards someone else while receiving, or being situated here and now, being part of. So all these things that are at the same time, they are very self-confirming. On the other hand, mm-hmm. they also bring me to the world in relation to others. My privilege is that this is my profession and uh, nowadays society, And also like the historical condition of the bodies that have been like suppressed for a long time into strict oppressive rules of how much and in what way bodies inhabit themselves, bodies sense, bodies interact with the other bodies, the sensitivity, sensuality, sexuality, gender, reproductivity, like all of that historically. And then also, nowadays, when some of these things are supposedly liberated, but still body being like super controlled by the power system, so by capitalism. So a lot of the bodies do not move much, do not spend a lot of time in the nature or in sensation of other bodies. There's all this digitalized system of control that we participate in. So sometimes I wonder... How these things that I find fundamental, I am often confronted with that they might not feel so fundamental or so accessible to other people around me. And then what I work with and around in dance, it can feel like very special or very strange for, for, for people who are not professional dancers.
0: A while ago, somebody told me that we live in a touch-starved society. And that's one thing I wanted to raise, just as a comment, maybe, because you spoke about it. But you also mentioned this idea of our bodies being suppressed by capitalism, not free enough to move. And in writing this piece, I was reading a text by anthropologist who was saying that dancing was something that we innately did as a natural thing. We danced before we used language and we expressed ourselves through moving through dancing. And then somewhere along the line in the history, and not that long ago, dance became an art form. By becoming this aesthetic thing, it excluded many bodies. It became something that some bodies do for others to watch, while in the past, it seems to me, it was something that we did together. So I'm wondering what happened and what happens to us, what becomes of us when we stop dancing, when we stop connecting to this thing that's innate and natural to us. And what is that thing that stops some people from dancing in your view?
1: I mean, I think the, the narrative, the history, her story of dance is multiple. It's not a singular narrative as with anything else. So we used to gather and dance and we still gather and dance. And like the rave and the techno are very strong. And I think that's one of the the layers, what dance as a social practice is the connection the ritual the synchronizing the harmonizing of the bodies and the energies the rising of the energy within the body all of that happens in the rave dance parties like all over the world but i think what happened is society got very specialized and i think that is not only about dancing it's about language it's about the domination of the Western white system of thoughts. It's about a very strong religion, Christianity mainly through this whiteness uh, that like oppressed the body, the patriarchy, the male uh, body struggling to keep control of something that's, that is obviously like a change. and And I actually think also some kind of struggle for survival because destruction is underway. So did we stop dancing i don't know if we stopped dancing for sure like ways of entertainment and interaction and ritualizing life have gotten complex and away from the body and towards the mind and the language and technology but then on the other hand like everybody lives in their body we still don't live outside of our bodies and that's maybe also a question of like where It goes now with the digital and the virtual taking over so much of our time and our existence. But still everybody has to negotiate living within their bodies from like eating and peeing and pain and pleasure and dying. Like all of that is still inescapable. So
0: But many, many people and I guess that's another thought I had thinking about the importance of dance, which is basically, as you are saying, the importance of being consciously within your body. Because for me, one of the things, one of the major takes that I got from the good fortune that I had to be trained in dance and to experience my body moving in the space is that consciousness of being and having the body and being capable of Mm. hearing my body being able to consciously occupy the space. And I'm seeing that many, many people don't have that. It's not just something that's innate in that sense, you know, or it was, but it's lost because as you're saying, we still have places where we gather and dance, but not everyone feels like they can. There are so many people out there who think that they can't dance. And to me, this idea that somebody can't dance is so... Painful in a way because I really, really believe that anyone can dance. And some people who say that and then end up somehow braving and going on to a dance for do amazing things that people who think that they can dance never discover. Somebody who never tried actually training in dance invents these amazing movements. I guess what I'm trying to say, I think that anyone can be part of this. And that we need it, in a way, as a Mm -hmm. way of being conscious of of our bodies, as you're saying.
1: I mean, that's also also this other part of, like, that society was, like, so thoroughly prescribed through collective, rules of the collective. And I think dance, in that sense, also had a function in earlier societies as the exercise of the collective. I guess then everybody learned the steps of the folk dances, in the village and with the society we have nowadays, the prescription of the collective has gotten untangled. And I think in many ways, the fact that this belonging to the collective or having to obey to the collective before an individual need has been emancipatory and it has allowed a lot of freedom or space or rights, especially for like the minorities for the different ones in the society. And at the same time, of course, like the beneficial aspects of that choreography of the social have been lost as well. I really think like a big part of it is language. We are so invested in language, you know, in terms of how people think of language and thought. it has such a higher status than feeling <laughs> or sensation. I was in a studio with a colleague of mine this weekend, and we do this exchange of practices around choreography of touch or touch as choreography. And then he told me I want to practice speaking as touching and listening to as being touched or touching. Now I'm trying to feel if I can have this sensation with you, but you are far away, and we only touch each other through hearing the sound of each other but I also know that you're probably sitting somewhere in front of the computer and I know that like you have a head and I know where your ears are and you're listening and probably there are squares around like square walls around you and you're probably tuning in mm-hmm. to my listening and I even know that like you're breathing and there's your way to like touching the probably the chair or the couch you're sitting on and the floor underneath. So, and especially in the timing of how I speak, I actually think I touch you, I affect you. (laughs) So that's something of like practicing speaking as touching, (laughs) which relates to time and timing and space. Mm. And Also, I think, changes the speaking and the thinking.
0: It's related to rhythm in a way. Mm. It's about rhythm, isn't it? The way we talk, it's music. Mm -hmm. We create music through which, you know, you were mentioning breath. Mm. And our breathing is pulsating with a bit of that music that we create through words.
1: Yes, and the speaking coming out on a breath. Is also like it's connected directly to the timings of our bodies. I love this idea of practicing embodied thoughts and embodied language. It is, I guess, a quite subversive thought. It's not taken for granted in a supermarket or in universities or in a political headquarters. And maybe it will be. Because it's true that like rhythm and timing and synchronizing, it works so fast. It works faster than cognition, I guess. So at some point, for sure, it also will be of use to society. And then it's a question of who controls it. I mean, if you think like of the technology nowadays and the touch phones, yeah, they work through touch. The digital interfaces, they work a lot with like rhythm, people's using them by different rhythms of whatever, how images appear, how you, you scroll. So I guess like, it's partly there, but there's also, of course, a danger in it because it's uh, yeah, it's also something that has power in it and then power is also controlled and misused.
0: Well, it's interesting because touching those other surfaces we also become very detached from our own bodies. And again, you know, it's you who have this experience and awareness of being in the body and being in the space that is aware of touching another object. But many people, I think, don't have that awareness that they're actually affecting something by the way of touch. Talking about rhythm, language, and music, have you experienced dancing in silence?
1: Actually, most of the dancing that I do or experience, I wanted to say is in silence, but then also what is silence? But maybe what I wanted to say is most of the times I dance, I don't necessarily dance onto music or like inspired by music, because there's already so much in the dancing. There's so much rhythm in shifting the weight. There's rhythm in how the parts of the bodies coordinate with each other. There's rhythm in like the patterns of objects or landscape around me. There's other sounds. Because it's like never silent. There's other sounds around of like the world or the sounds of the room that I'm dancing in. So there's already so much information that my feeling like dancing with music very often is like deafening, like putting all these things away, like dancing in gloves, putting something on top and like erasing that there's already like so many other information which are subtle. So that's why I actually like dancing to music. Music like has an impetus. It kind of is leading, is proposing, is laying on top of other things. And and sometimes, yes, it, it can serve a purpose. Like if there's something I want to focus on, if I think of dancing as artistic work. And then if I think, when do I dance to music? I dance to music when I go out and dance with people. And then I enjoy it because then it gives a lead for like a group of people to move together or in like a more complex social situations where we don't know each other and we don't share like what dancing could be. Then like music gives a certain kind of impetus or code or impulse for all of us to synchronize with and then it's an agent that like leads us to to dance together but me personally i also really love that it's open and that then other things like that we can negotiate how we dance together in a dance studio or or even like walking with my dog and approaching somebody and like listening to this timing of how close do we come and how do they move, and how do they look, and when do they turn, and if they stop, and there's rhythms around all the time?
0: Would you say that you dance all the time?
1: <laughs> it's an interest it's a good it's an interesting question because I do feel sometimes I don't dance enough, so I guess the honest answer would be no, <laughs> although. In some way, in some like conceptual way, I would also say yes, because like the bodies move and orchestrate or choreograph themselves all the time by themselves innately. I guess I do very often use the tools, the sensitivities that I learned through dancing. I use them not only in the dance studio or in the performance or in the dance party and then it's interesting when the dance dance begins there's something about dancing and i've spent a lot of time in my master around it basically what i said was that dancing was when i moved with this sensitivity without other purpose and then like i knew i was that dan- like this that was dancing and i didn't have to do some special movements for it to be called dance but dancing is not cooking even though when I say this sometimes I do feel that cooking can be dancing or that I can like there can be a swing about it but there's something about dancing that it's about the joy of dancing it's about the joy of moving of feeling the rhythm of feeling the sensations of my body and the things around, and that, like, it's a space of that. And I I go into that space, and I loop attention around that, and then that's the trip. And this can happen for me in a dance class. This can happen for me sometimes at home when I really focus on it. It can happen to me in the nature. It can happen to me in a performance. It can happen to me in in the club as well.
0: So it's it's always associated with
1: joy? Mm, I mean, it's associated with joy of feeling alive and also a certain, like, yeah, joy of being sensing or joy of, I mean, it's also, it's not a... <laughs> now, again, I have to laugh because I want to say it's not a duty uh, and at the same time it's mm-hmm. not a labor it's dancing and at the same time for me it is a labor because I'm a professional dancer so very often when I dance it's my job and I have to do it in the time that I'm asked to I have to do it good enough so that it's assessed as good enough so that there's like somebody pays for it it has to deliver things like I have to dance for 45 minutes to find the phrase that will be in the piece at the end so there are laborious aspects of uh, dancing to me but i guess like in its nature there's something in dance which is which is uh, which is a suspension from the efficiency or like getting a goal out it's it's a celebration of of feeling and i think in that there is a joy so in that way it's it's uh, like it's yeah it's always joyful
0: Although you're a professional dancer, you said that you also sometimes feeling that you're not dancing enough. What are those moments when you feel like you're not dancing enough? How do you recognize them? What happens that that thought comes to you? I haven't been dancing enough. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, like for one like now we have I've been sitting on my chair for 47 minutes 45 seconds speaking to you <laughs> which is somehow partly a tangent of my work and before that I was sitting for like an hour writing an application so in my work as a dancer there's also a lot of work which is not dancing <laughs> And I think this gives me the feeling that sometimes there's a lot of that and there's urgency about that. And then, then there's like not enough of that loose space for dancing, for like being in a time and space that I can uh, give in to sensation of my body and rhythms and, and touches and and dance. Um yeah oh, that
0: I makes guess,
1: sense. I guess I guess mostly that I mean sometimes it's just about being yeah about being rigid and about like not let not being able to relax and let go, and I think I need to like get the work done first, so I will spend my hours in front of the computer and sometimes I will miss the like going to the studio, and I see it also like wider in like life, and how often I find the moments to surrender and to enjoy. And I think that that maybe is also like it's a bit common to to how other people probably also like live, and when do we allow ourselves to to be dancing? That's really
0: beautiful, and makes me. Think about another question, whether there are moments when you are dancing in a way that we would say this is dancing, but maybe, let's say you're performing and you're just not getting to that point where you are able to surrender and there is still a bit of rigidity, there is still a bit of thinking because one of the things at the beginning that you said that you feel dance, that you are not thinking about dance and you struggle to put it into words, So there is this moment on a dance floor in front of the audience, let's say, and you're just not getting there, really. You're not sinking in. You're not letting go completely. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that happens at times where you're just outside of your body in some way. Would you then say that you're dancing if dancing for you is that surrendering thing? Um,
1: So one of the things that I learned through learning dancing was about flow and about change and about instability it's also something we know but maybe I became aware of this process through dancing because it's movement it never stands still it's always in a state of oscillation but I remember learning dance and I remember also struggling with this sometimes of like when am I in and then why am I not in or does this work and does this not work and then something that I've been practicing for this 30 years 30 something five years that I've been dancing and especially through my adult dancing is flowing with the state of change so the simple answer is yes because flowing is allowing to be on these waves and changing and learning how to let go, or how to like, roll down when it goes down, and then how to come up when it comes up like how when something starts to be interesting, I surrender to it when, when I get tensed and rigid, how do I acknowledge that? And how do I stay with it? And how do I then wait for another breath to come in and to take me further? How do I like how do I process and work with the sensations? And how do I not demand to grasp, but to move? (laughs) (laughs) So to dance. So yes, like most of the time when I'm on stage, I think of what people think and if it's good enough and like part of me is rigid, like most of the times in my life. But I actually think this is the practice and this is the dance. And then sometimes there are the moments of bliss (laughs) that like there is an ascension, that there is like a, a, a transcendental experience. But my practice of dancing is this moving. It has been like one of the most important teachings that I have received through dancing and one of the most important tools that I have to deal with life and with dance and my profession. And also in teaching, like it's one of the most important things politically to pass
0: How does it translate in life?
1: Because it is of life, like constant becoming and dying is of life and constant change and us not being in control and us moving in time and space (laughs) with our legs and on the earth.
0: What is your relationship to the earth as a dancer? To environment, to nature, to mother nature. Or as a human being who happens to be a dancer as well. I am a
1: part of it. And I'm touching it. And I'm influenced by it all the time. And I'm influencing it. And I have my agency. Because I walk. I press things. I eat. I breathe. I drive. I speak. So I try to... Yeah, I try to work with that. And it's also not a simple question because on one level, there's this uh, sensation of wholeness and harmony that is also like very experienced through dancing, through harmonizing, through being sensitive. And at the same time, I'm part of society, which is polluting, killing off different species forms of life around and i do that like i drive in cars and buses and i have my computer and so yeah trying to feel it feel it and understand it and account for it and and maybe like feeling and being sensitive to What are the consequences or what is the feeling of me being surrounded with these things and my touching them, my interaction with them and then acting upon this feeling.
0: When I approached you to do this interview and I mentioned that the question that I'm looking at is why dance matters now. You said something around that it seems to you there is this new urgency for it in the context of the fires in Australia. What did you have in mind when you said that?
1: Like I was also thinking about this today, how I am not exactly in Australia. I was wondering today how my experience, my embodied experience of it, is yet different than yours who are there. And I guess like embodied experience, how I understand it also helps more to, to process what things are and how, how to deal with them. And for me, it's, it's still an image through the screen that I see that this happens but there's a sensation sensation of horror and terror to it, and urgency. And in some way, I think it's it's important to, to feel it. Dance, as I understand it, or as a tool of embodiment, and of being together, and of harmonizing, and of being sensitive, is an important tool. For life and future of life and collectivity in humankind and then there's something on top of that that like seeing the images of these fires and understanding you walk around with like masks and that I don't know how many millions of animals are extincted there's like a huge sense of terror, urgency also of sadness and guilt and then maybe that's not a place like, is that a place to dance? <laughs> and in mm-hmm. some way, in some way, I guess what dance can offer is a space for feeling. So feeling sadness, loss, and empathy, and in some way maybe also a space of comfort to regain the joyness of life to go on and to try to affirm something in the, in the face of this. I think that's actually something also really important because I don't know, for me personally, like, and I think it's also a more general and generational thing. There is a sense of being responsible, things falling apart, uh, worry, worry about the, the condition of the world. And then the practice of like coming to the bodies for me often helps to to regain the sensation of well being enough so that I can go out and act again. And of course sometimes like it's urgency and I remember like war times in Croatia or like whatever, but like sometimes you have to act like very fast to stop the fire and very fast to run and hide. But thinking this is still like we're still in the in the thing of like we are restoring life, we're not on like we're still trying to to evolve, trying to deal with this, trying to set the future forward. And I think it's important to have like a refuge or to have like a contingent of well being or a, a space where well being can be resource to invest into building a future.
0: Thank you for listening to Dance Matters podcast series, produced for the Interchange Festival and commissioned by Delving Into Dance and Critical Path. This podcast was recorded and edited by Ira Ferris with music and production support of Trevor Brown. For other eight episodes in this series, see Dance Matters playlist on Artemis Project SoundCloud. And you can also listen via iTunes.